0: Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome everybody to this Friday, August 28th edition of Locked On Dolphins. I am your host, Kyle Krabs, and we're going to talk about contingency plans for the Dolphins today. Had a good question following up Wednesday's discussion about the offensive line and how the Dolphins can pivot and mix and match. And You know, you can expand that to linebacker with the Vince Beagle injury and and losing Curtis Weaver. And in the secondary, if Xavier Howard struggles with health and durability issues yet again this season. But before we get there, speaking of Xavier Howard, that's where we need to start today because the Dolphins did make a handful of transactions that are worthwhile to discuss because they're going to impact the Dolphins secondary. And they're also impacting the Dolphins offensive line are two areas of emphasis for today's show. The Miami Dolphins waived two yesterday in their effort to continue readying their 2020 roster for opening day. The cuts were prompted by the Dolphins activating veteran cornerback Xavier Howard off of both the physically unable to perform and COVID reserve lists. Miami's two cuts, cornerback Picasso Nelson and undrafted free agent center Danelle Stanley, are both coming at positions in which the Dolphins have seen significant investments made throughout the course of the offseason. In a perfect world, the cuts of players like Nelson and Stanley are not indicative so much of their quality as players, but rather the overall depth that the Dolphins can now boast on the back end of the defense and in the line of scrimmage. The cut of Donnell Stanley is probably more surprising to fans because Donnell Stanley was one of those undrafted free agents that was pointed to by some in Dolphins coverage as a potential player who could live up to the standard that was set by last year's undrafted rookie class, which of course featured two prominent players in wide receiver Preston Williams and cornerback Nick Needham. That won't be the case, and that is... Much more of a promising development for the play of Ted Karras and the presence of Michael Dieter at the center position, learning how to snap with his new quarterbacks here in Miami. Of course, Dieter's been exposed to snapping in the past, but has not been primarily a center for quite a while. But regardless, Stanley and his departure, uh, not necessarily too surprising when you take into account What the Dolphins' practice reports have been from those in attendance, Stanley has not been able to generate any buzz whatsoever. Nelson was a player who the Dolphins claimed as a part of their slew of defensive back waiver claims throughout the course of the summer. And obviously, you would much rather have Xavier Howard on your active roster than have Picasso Nelson, given Xavier Howard's ball-hawking skills and his accomplishments at the pro level. The challenge now for the Dolphins is finding the right balance and getting Xavier Howard ready to play football without rushing him, without bringing him back at a pace that is going to potentially do more harm than good. Howard being on the COVID reserve list for over two weeks really saps him not just of practice time to get into shape, but presumably rehab time, specifically with the Dolphins trainers on the field, Uh, for recovering from the offseason knee surgery that he underwent, which was his third. He's had knee surgeries on both of his knees, and 2017 was the only season in which Xavier Howard played all 16 games. So Miami needs to tread carefully, but at the very least, knowing that Xavier Howard is going to be back in the picture, and moving forward, they can try to onboard him and get his conditioning and technique to a level in which they're going to feel comfortable with playing him. That process can now get underway, and that is a win indeed for the Miami Dolphins, despite the fact that they do have the necessary depth to take limited Xavier Howard in stride. Now, who knows? We might not even get limited Xavier Howard, but we do want to be prepared for anything. This was the mentality that we had in the the pre-draft process too, right? Like, let's not assume that the Dolphins are going to have everybody, all systems, go in the secondary. Fortunately, we've got an extra week before we have to worry about a really deep wide receiver. The Patriots, Julian Edelman, yeah, he's a pain in the butt. The rest of the skill guys for New England... Nikhil Harry's a likable prospect, uh, but he did not really move the needle. Mohamed Sanu is another year older. I think the Dolphins, even if they don't have everybody at 100%, they are going to be well-positioned to show well against New England. If you guys have been listening to Locked On Dolphins since I took this thing over in February, geez, it's been that long already, you know that I am an avid fan of the Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And best of all, no matter what you're looking for, whether it's a post-workout meal, a healthy snack, you're on the keto diet, or you just want a delicious snack throughout the course of the day, Built Bar can be that filler for you. They've totally revamped their formula from protein bars, returning 12 classic flavors and debuting six new flavors as well. So there's plenty Of flavorful choices to choose from, these things are healthy. They're under 200 calories per bar, and they are delicious. So you can find out for yourself what all the fuss is about. Go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on, and you can save ten dollars off your next order. That's promo code locked on to save ten dollars off your next order with Built Bar. So. As promised today on the show, we're going to talk about contingencies. I was asked specifically about the offensive line, and we'll start there, and then we'll work over to the defensive side of the ball. How the Dolphins are well-positioned, or if they are well-positioned, to take injuries, personnel changes in stride. So I think the first thing you have to do is you have to take inventory of the players that the Dolphins have on the roster, specifically on the offensive line, and ask yourself which positions... Are we going to be comfortable with those players playing? You look at left tackle with Julian Davenport and Austin Jackson. Both of those guys, given Davenport's limitations, and given Austin Jackson his youth and experience, that's not a player I would necessarily want to be moving around, right? So then you look over to the left guard position, and Eric Flowers is your... Assumed starter at left guard. They're not paying him what they're paying him, and he's not in here being a leader on the team to not start. Okay. He's going to start. He does have experience, Eric Flowers does, playing left tackle. So, hypothetically, if you had Julian Davenport is out and Austin Jackson gets hurt, you can slide Flowers outside and put somebody else at left guard. Who else is capable of playing left guard? Well, Ted Karras is probably center exclusive. But you've got Michael Dieter, who played left guard last year as the backup center. He can slide over a spot. Dieter could play any of the three interior spots. If you were looking for another option at left tackle, you can look over to the other side and look at Jesse Davis, but we're going to get to him in just a second. Right guard is kind of like this smorgasbord of players. You could take a Robert Hunt or Jesse Davis from the presumptive right tackle battle. You could take the loser movement side. You got Solomon Kinley, who is looking very good early on in camp, presumably a starter. I don't think Kinley's somebody, again, as a rookie that you want to move around a whole bunch. Robert Hunt really hasn't settled into, yes, I'm going to be the starting right tackle on the team yet. There were some analysts who felt he would be more protected on the inside because he's not as athletic as what Austin Jackson is on the left. So hypothetically, if Solomon Kinley ends up being your starter and he goes down, Robert Hunt or Jesse Davis is capable of moving over. So you could effectively move everybody from left guard over to the right. You can move over one spot. You've got two options in Robert Hunt and Jesse Davis to play right tackle. And that's why Jesse Davis has so much value, because Jesse Davis feasibly could play any of the four non-center spots on the line of scrimmage. He and Michael Dieter are your key depth pieces because they, between the two of them, can cover all five spots. And that kind of gets me into some philosophical opinions that I have about how you handle injuries, especially in the offensive line when that's a unit. In my opinion, the worst thing you can do is, okay, left tackle goes down. Let's move left guard to left tackle and now put a new player in at left guard. Because I understand it's, it's valuable for you to have as good a play on the outside as you can possibly acquire. And if your left guard fits that bill better than whoever your backup tackle is, I get it. But what happens when you start moving a starter from one spot and play him elsewhere is now you're getting worse at more than one spot. Because if the guy playing left guard was so good at left tackle, he'd be starting at left tackle. So for me, it's a very slippery slope To say, okay, Austin Jackson went down, let's take Jesse Davis as our starting right tackle and move him over and play him at left tackle and put Robert Hunt in at right tackle. Well, now you've downgraded both spots. Eric Flowers playing left tackle. We've seen what Eric Flowers playing left tackle looks like in the past. It hasn't been good. And we saw what Michael Dieter looked like playing left guard last year with instability around him. And when you're changing, you're putting the person on his left as the tackle in a new spot, you're not promoting stability. So if I'm the Dolphins, I'm doing everything I can, even if that means Julian Davenport steps in at left tackle if Austin Jackson goes down. I don't want to move Flowers out there. If Flowers gets hurt, okay, we're going to put Michael Dieter at left guard. If Solomon Kinley gets hurt, we can put Michael Dieter at right guard. We could just choose to put Robert Hunt there if Jesse Davis is starting a right tackle. I think there's more appeal in having utility players swing tackles, swing into your offensive linemen, having those guys available so that you can pull them in off the bullpen. So how would the Dolphins handle If the starting offensive line was Jackson, Flowers, Karras, Kinley, and Jesse Davis, which is how I would project it right now, Michael Dieter's a big value piece. If the left tackle goes down, I'm just putting Julian Davenport in there and understanding I'm probably going to have to go more two tight end sets and put that big-ass tight end outside of Julian Davenport and block with six. That's how I'd handle it. I think that's how the Dolphins are best equipped to handle it as well. What the versatility brings them from a value perspective, so we've heard them talk about versatile offensive line, the more you can do, so on and so forth, you get more opportunities to find the best combo of five. But once you settle on your five, you should do your best to keep everything in that infrastructure as stable as you possibly can. Now, with all that said, the defensive side of the football is a little bit of a different animal than the offensive line. There's so much of a chemistry component with both sides, but I almost think of defensive football as a little bit more like the passing game. And what I mean by that is this. You hear coaches talk about how they choose to coach and teach players to do certain things. And one of the big divides is there's some offenses where they are going to coach a single receiver To be the X receiver in every single alignment, every single personnel grouping, and run the the routes that the X receiver runs on every single play. So, your X is your, your stereotypical on the line of scrimmage, big bodied possession type guy. Can beat press coverage, big, strong, runs through contact, the line of scrimmage. But if he's your best player and you just leave him at the X, doesn't matter what kind of concepts you're running. Defenses will have the ability to key on that player. And if they know, he's always going to be in this spot. And it's going to tell us what they're going to be running around him based on down and distance and formation and what his release is like and so on and so forth. These are all the nuances of the game, right? So the other school of thought is instead of teaching a receiver how to run a route... I'm going to teach the receiver the entirety of the concept. So if we're going to run drive, or we're going to run smash, or we're going to run dagger, I want him to know what everything is because then on a week-by-week basis, I can put that receiver into the primary read based on what opposing defense's tendencies are. Does that make sense? So there's, there's much more layers to passing game structure, and you know, conveniently enough for this conversation, the defensive side of the football versus the offensive line, like your left guard's your left guard. I mean, there's, there's nothing else really to it. Of course, the defense is going to try to attack you different ways. They're going to try and beat you man-oh-man. Oh man. They're going to run price and tackle and stunt game. They're going to bring second-level blitzes. They're going to roll the safety down and go four-week and try and beat you with numbers off the edge but you just you're playing that position. Period. Defensively, you can learn a position or you can master the concepts. And that's that's the school of thought the Dolphins, they want their players to understand conceptually what they're being asked to do. So that way we talk about being multiple on the defensive side of the football. What does being multiple mean? That means you can stay in your base defense And you can go heavy run looks, or you can counter 11 personnel when they space the field and stay in base because either one of your safeties has experience playing man-to-man coverage. And I think that's a piece of this puzzle that we need to be aware of. Something I actually had the chance to ask Brian Flores about this morning. I'm recording. It's about 10 a.m. Brian Flores met with the media at 9 o'clock, and I had a chance to ask him. I asked him if he could speak a little bit on the value of having two safeties in Eric Rowe and Bobby McCain, who have spent so much time at the pro level playing cornerback, and how that can help his defense remain multiple. Effectively, what he had to say was not dissimilar to what we heard Eric Rowe talking about and how Eric Rowe has been handling his offseason training. Eric Rowe talked about The biggest adjustment in moving from corner and playing at corner for both Philadelphia and New England. And even playing free safety for Utah back in his college days versus playing strong safety for the Dolphins has been the dynamics of the run fit. So Brian effectively said, you know, from a plus perspective, the way it helps your defense is you have guys that have played corner. They have been in that position. So as they try to communicate from the top down to the defense and get the coverage right because they're the guys on the back end that are going to be making those calls and have to have that inventory. Again, understanding the concept, right? Not just understanding, I'm playing single high free safety. Okay, go. No, you got to know the entirety of the concept, the coverage at stake. You got to know it and you got to communicate. That experience at corner helps those guys do that. But the downside is, Especially in the case of Eric Rowe, you know, if you're playing strong, safety, you're going to be rolled over top of tight ends. You're going to be playing in the box. Eric Rowe talked about taking inventory on the fronts, making sure you know which gaps are accounted for, which gap I'm responsible for. I got to make a run pass key that much quicker because I'm in the action, right? So Brian talked a little bit about how it's a double-edged sword, but he did communicate that both Bobby and Eric, he's been happy with how they've accepted the challenge. How can the Dolphins take in stride injuries in the secondary? Well, this is why they went out and got the the embarrassment of depth that they got at the cornerback position. But even in the safety group, you're communicating and asking guys and charging guys with mastering and understanding the concepts. So you can be much more flexible from a personnel perspective, and you can move somebody else – around Eric Rowe can take deep high. If Zavian Howard is hurt, you can bump Noah out to play outside corner. And then you can have uh, Jamal Perry, or you can have Brandon Jones, depending on if you want big nickel and another plus tackler as a third safety to play in, in the nickel or in the slot and be involved in those run fits a little bit more actively. So, Question was, how is Miami well-equipped to handle and tackle injuries on their roster? The offensive line, their depth swing pieces are critical. On the defensive side of the ball, I think the way this team is coached, the mentality of this coaching staff, and some of the experience that they have with Bobby and Eric, if they continue to lose pieces at corner, those guys can roll in and step in and help make sure you don't skip a beat. And that's absolutely valuable. And that is also absolutely going to do it for us this week on Locked on Dolphins. We had a great week of shows this week. You guys are really engaged with training camp and rolling around the kickoff. So I'm excited to continue this journey with each and every one of you guys. I hope that you hit subscribe, follow along. Kickoff is two weekends away. So it'll be here before we know. We got roster cuts coming up, a whole slew of changes coming for the Miami Dolphins. So keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Get your opportunity to get your daily fix of the Miami Dolphins. I'm Kyle Krabs, and I hope you guys enjoy your weekends.